Welcome to another Culture Gym podcast with your hosts Carly Richards and Gareth Shackleton, talking to each other and guests about good mental health, peak performance and employee engagement through your culture. Let's work out. Hello and welcome to the Culture Gym podcast. In fact, episode one of the Culture Gym podcast. I'm here with my co-host Carly Richards and my name is Gareth Shackleton. Hi Carly. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good, good. So, how has your week been? Um, my week has been good, thanks. So, I've been juggling homeschooling with my two children um, and working as well. So, it's been, a, it's been a bit of a struggle. We've had ups and downs, as I'm sure many, many families can relate to. Um, but overall... We're now kind of getting into a better routine just as my kids go back to school next week because their dad is a key worker. So mm. um, they're away back to school next week. Perfect timing. And I'll have, sorry? Perfect timing. You've just figured out how to make it all work and they go back yeah, to school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Going to have three weeks of school where I can get loads done. Um, and then it'll be summer holidays where I want. So, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, what about you? Good. Yeah. Um, good week. Obviously, uh, we've had the announcement this week of uh, some businesses that could go back to uh, opening again on the 4th of July. So that's uh, been good news for clients, uh, mm-hmm. some clients in particular that can reopen. So uh, full steam ahead now with their plans to, to reopen and get their employees back and uh, start serving their customers again. So uh big win for me because it's a win for my for clients so uh, uh yeah something to good. celebrate good um, difficult week as well for those clients that couldn't reopen yeah you've got to remember that not everybody has been able to uh, uh, particularly the gyms and um, some other establishments so uh, difficult times for them you know they're going to be the last ones to reopen and um struggling with lack of income and employees that they'd love to have back in the business and working together and they can't do it. Yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. What can you say? It's just one of just the many, many issues of lockdown and the virus and everything that everyone in the country is dealing with right now. That's right. Yeah. We, you've just got to look at the Icelandic um, motto really of, uh, It'll all turn out right in the end. I can't yes. remember what the phrase is in Icelandic, so uh, but that's pretty much what no. it means. Don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so today we were going to talk, a little because it's episode one, we were going to be doing a general kind of introduction into what Culture Gym is um, and a general introduct- introduction into our podcast. So the podcast is going to have the, a similar kind of structure every week. We're going to start off with a little bit of a roundup as to how our week's been, what have, our, what have the wins been, um, hopefully things that some of you can relate to. And then we're going to have a specific topic every week. It'll be a different topic every week. Today's is a general introduction into who we are, our backgrounds and the origins of Culture Gym. Um, and then a bit of a Q&A at the end. So any questions we may have been asked during the week, 
If anyone wants to send in a question, then feel free to email us or get in touch. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll have a Q and A to finish things off, to wrap things up. Okay. So we've done our how's your week been? Why don't we get into the topic this week, which is our backgrounds and the origins of Culture Gym. Do you want to start? The origin story. Yeah, indeed. So uh, my background, how far back shall we go? But um, Not too far. Not like, too far back. Not, not like all the way back to kindergarten. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, uh, when, we, when we met, uh, working as a uh, business coach, uh, working with uh, small and medium-sized businesses uh, and specifically working with the owners of those businesses, uh, helping them to to grow, uh, put systems and strategies in place uh, that would support that growth. And of particular interest to me was employee engagement and how important that was for the owners of small businesses to to be able to engage their employees so that the owners themselves could achieve their goals. You know, a lot of business owners have the goal of, of getting to a point where they own the business rather than having to work in the business. And in order to be able to get to that, they need a, an engaged, motivated workforce that gets something from being there other than just picking up a wage packet. Uh, and so my interest in culture and um, came through that employee engagement angle mm -hmm. and trying to develop engagement within a within a workforce within the uh, SME marketplace yeah um I'm sure everyone can appreciate the joys of working at home during lockdown I must apologize if you can hear my dog barking in the background I thought that He's was bad <laughs> <laughs> he's barking at the kids because they're currently in the paddling pool enjoying this lovely weather and he, he wants to be outside playing but he just gets messy and makes far too much noise so right. yeah um, the joys of home working exactly exactly I'm currently in the playroom you can probably see our poster at the back there with our school rules on um, yeah I'm currently in the kids playroom slash school room uh, this is where I'm working today and I work everywhere around my house at the minute quite frankly so because this was a bit like my office too but not anymore. Um, it reminds so, me of the Walt Disney story where he would work, work in different rooms depending on what function within the business he was uh, he was dealing with at the time. Oh so, really? Yeah he'd have a room where he could be creative to think about his, you know, his yeah. next film uh, but he'd have another room where he would go and do his financial work. Or, uh, that's that's really that's really sensible actually i i do similar things like that i'll work around different spaces and mm -hmm. um, i do have an office but i tend to kind of work all over the house some days yeah so yeah that's interesting that's a good idea change your environment there's it's one of the most effective things you can do to change your productivity mm -hmm. you're stuck in place and so you're not important. being productive Move, go somewhere else where you can get a different uh, feel and change your environment. Yeah, definitely. Environment's key. Yeah. I'm sure that's something we're going to cover at some point during at this. At some point. Yeah. yeah. So before we um, get down that rabbit hole, let, let's yeah, find out a little bit more about you, Carly. Uh -huh. Just so you know, me and Gareth, when we have conversations, we do tend to go down many rabbit holes. So 
um, just be aware of that. We'll try and avoid it though, we will. Um, so my background is predominantly in psychology. Um, I've, uh, so I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and counselling, then worked in the mental health field um, and health behaviour change field for a long time. I worked in the NHS as a health improvement specialist and um, did a lot of project management work uh, to set up health behaviour change programmes within that field. Did the same in the mental health field um, and then kind of fell into uh, coaching as well alongside that and used a lot of the, my coaching training in my work. Um, but then fast forward, uh, set up my own coaching business when I had my children um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I continue to use psychology in my work. Uh, currently doing an MSc in occupational and organisational psychology. Almost finished that. So um, at the minute I'm working as a business psychology consultant and the, the businesses that I started to work with were fairly small, some just single person businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really just grown as I've grown and my knowledge and experience has increased. Um, always been a passion of mine to work with companies and with businesses and psychology is, just, I don't know anything else um, other than, I wouldn't say analyzing people, but just really trying to understand where they're coming from. Mm. and really understand how people tick and, and why we do things in the way that we do and what makes us different, what makes us unique, but what makes us very similar. Yeah. So when you and I met, we were introduced by a mutual colleague. And when we met, we had some great discussions because we were kind of thinking along the same lines, weren't we? Um, and then we stumbled across this mutual respect for culture and organizational culture, I think. And that's sort of where it all started. I was working on something um, that was my own model that I developed to do with um, fairly similar to something called psychological capital. And um, I was using an acronym HeroGems, which was uh, all to do with people's psychological fitness, really. And so then that helped us discuss cultural fitness and what's the cultural fitness of an organization. Yeah. And when other companies are working on culture, I'm sure a lot of the work that they're doing is absolutely great and spot on, but is there something that we're missing? Are we missing a trick in terms of everyone has culture? There is always culture present. So it's yeah. not something that you can necessarily improve or or have a bad culture because it's it's in terms of we talked about culture more in terms of its its strength and the the kind of equilibrium between the values of the company and the culture of the company how how are, how well do the two merge together mm -hmm. um and if the and if the culture doesn't fit with the values of the company then is it because the values perhaps don't rep best represent it, the who the company actually is or is it something else so yeah our discussions were very very informative very 
rabbit hole-y. <laughs> you were. Um, but really interesting. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that came out of those early discussions was that a lot of culture change initiatives seem to try to, well, do just that, you know, change the culture completely. Um, almost saying, well, your culture's negative or bad, and now you've got to create a good culture. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was the early days of culture change initiatives, but um, you know, that, that there's certainly a legacy of that uh, within the industry. And um, you know, I think we were coming at it more from the point of view, it was culture was something that needed to be developed and honed and worked out in effect, you know, that cultural fitness idea. Mm -hmm. And your know, culture being very dependent upon the people within the organization, clearly coming from the leadership, uh, because you know what, what they say goes effectively. So their behaviors and their values would very much drive the culture of a business. But it depended upon everybody having a similar uh, understanding of what the values were, completely unconsciously or subconsciously. Um, but that similar understanding. And people would only buy into that culture if it met their needs as well. Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, the culture is there. It's often been said that culture trumps strategy in terms of the success of a business. So culture is there to support the business and the business goals, or it should be. But it also has to meet the needs of the people, otherwise they won't buy into it. And you'll have a kind of fragmented or very weak culture people won't be there uh, supporting it promoting it uh, and, and living and breathing it like like they need to for a very strong tight culture yeah uh, and I think it was that idea of strength and integrity and um, you know that, the idea that it was something that needed to be honed and worked on rather than completely changed mm -hmm. yeah I think what what struck me was this this idea that you can create culture and it can be um, because you have certain types of people working for you and you have a certain type of leadership um my internet is on it's breaking up a little bit so um oh, video's frozen that is annoying. what about now yeah oh, i'm back am i okay <laughs> we can cut that bit out um yeah so the this whole idea that it can be manufactured and, and create a false culture that just doesn't work with the people who are in the business currently yeah. with the leadership who are there with the the aims and the goals that they want to achieve and i think that one thing that's really important for me anyway when it comes to a, an organizational culture in an ideal world perhaps but i think it's achievable is an honest culture mm. where leaders of a business say this is who we are we're proud of who we are this is where we want to get to in terms of our achievements. This is where we've come from. This is going to be our, our legacy. Um, and they acknowledge that, yeah, things could be better. You know, we could perhaps 
do more for employee well-being or I don't know we could do more for our customers or or show who we are that little bit more so it culture can be strengthened mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily agree with the notion that it can be manufactured yeah absolutely and made into something that's not it's a bit like um and I'm, I'm sure we used this analogy in the early days of the conversations it's a bit like trying to develop your physical your physique as a person and you've got two options one is to go down the the plastic surgery yes we did where where you can um you know you get a, a, a buttock lift and a, a breast enlargement and uh, implanted biceps maybe if you're a man you know i don't know what's possible i've never looked oh all sorts now yeah. honestly you can get all sorts so lip enhancements you're all sorts of things yeah so you can go down that route the kind of shortcut if you like and that's where you're transplanting a culture if we use use the analogy or you can go to the gym you can go for a walk you get some exercise mm. work out in, in a way that's going to help to improve your health your fitness your and your physique if that's what you're, what you're particularly interested yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was that whole notion of you can be exactly who you are but just the best version, best version. of yeah. yourself and yeah i remember that conversation that was one of many great conversations um and i completely agree i think you can in terms of, with, with culture as well that's why we really clung on to this whole cultural fitness idea wasn't yeah. it yeah, yeah to, to improve and strengthen who we actually are but without changing who we actually are that's right um, working on what's already there and, and not improving it necessarily just honing it and becoming a better version yeah so um so from there we kind of developed this whole business idea around culture gym didn't we and because of our personalities who we are um and how we work where we're both we both have a science background mm -hmm. you've forgotten to mention that you have uh, your actually dr gareth shackleton um, i am i often don't <laughs> mention that so yeah thank you well, you should. You really should, because <laughs> it's very important, and you've worked hard to to get that title, so you deserve to be recognised. Um, but a, a doctor, or well, you you can explain that a little bit better than me. Yeah, I have a, a PhD in uh, biochemistry and toxicology. Yes. Uh, so. so so with Gareth's background in science and psychology being a science as well, two scientists working together, I suppose we wanted to make sure that what it was that, that we were going to be putting out there was, well, as close to perfect as we could get it. Um, so we worked really hard in the beginning on clarifying our message, clarifying exactly what it was that we wanted to deliver, where we wanted to take clients to and from, who we were going to be working with, all the things you probably should work on mm -hmm. um, when you're putting a new business idea together. So, um, yeah, and the rest is history, really. Here we are on our first podcast, which is exciting and something I've actually wanted to do for a really long time, and I believe you have as well. Indeed, yeah. It's one of those uh, media, really, isn't it? I mean, every, everything's video, but uh, audio is becoming very popular as well and, and podcasting and uh, 
just think it's a very good media to get a message out there, an important message if if you've got one. And uh, yeah, I think we do. I think the yeah, I definitely the agree. That we've had in the past, and uh, it's uh, it's a value to for people to hear that, and and also you know with the network of people that we have within the realm of culture which is a vast realm anyway but you know we, we can bring in i think interesting guests and um something for listeners to look forward to as well yeah so that's exciting we've got lots of people that we want to ask to be part of the podcast and if you think you've got something as a listener that you you know you're you're listening to this thing can actually i could bring something something to this podcast and by all means get in touch with us um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you'd like to discuss. Um, we're hoping to bring in leaders. Uh, we're hoping to bring in experts in the field of culture, experts in the field of business psychology, organisational psychology, engagement, development, all of these things that are really important to culture. So, um, yeah, do get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think in general, we're aiming this podcast at leaders. Um, but also, if you're an employee and you think you're going to get something from this because it's talking about culture and you're interested in culture, any experts in the field who are serving c- companies mm-hmm. in relation to their culture, I think would perhaps enjoy this podcast too. So um, that's where we're we're headed for lots more guests lots more discussions indeed and i'm sure it'll leave off as well as we uh, as we go through this journey so uh, something to look yeah. for um one of the things obviously uh, as practitioners um working with clients we have uh, questions that come from clients and um one of the things that uh, we'd like to do is share those questions because it's probably not the case that a question from one person is a, is only them that has the question that didn't come out very well but mm. you, um, you know, more people will have that question so um, I think Carly you have a question from a client that I do so um, I was well it wasn't a client actually Gareth this week I was lucky enough to be part of a panel mm. a discussion panel this week um, we were discussing basically lockdown and um the the personality the perils of working from home long term and um i was asked to discuss personality traits um in terms of working from home and it was a really interesting discussion and one i have the question written down here so there was a a guy who's bringing a lot of his staff back to work Mm. um very soon and he wanted to know um how much should i take into account individual differences when i'm bringing staff back to work so what he meant was basically what what is it about individual people that i need to be aware of in order to to ease the transition in coming back to work and and how much do i need to take that into account so it sparked off a really interesting conversation for me and for a lot of us on the panel actually um, do you have any input that you want to add on this before I get started on 
what could be along before you get started (laughs) (laughs) well i don't i'm very aware that this is right up my street and i don't want to just go off on one yeah so let's make it more of a discussion yeah having been in i mean not necessarily in this situation because none of us have been in exactly this situation with coronavirus before but having been in in that management position of uh uh perhaps people being off sick at least uh, in the past and you know from a very practical point of view you understand or I, I understand that people are different and it absolutely should be taken into account that you uh, that your employees are all different and individuals and, and they're going to react to this situation of coming back to work in a very different way they're going to have different fears and different motivations different drivers uh, and that's all on top of their personality differences. Uh, you know, just looking at very simple personality profiling of you know a disc profiling or Myers Briggs. The introverts will be uh, behave very differently to the extroverts. You know, the, the introverts might be very happy at home working from home. Mm. Uh, the extroverts much happier maybe having that social environment and, and all being able to get together. But equally, the extroverts will be maybe struggling with the social distancing aspect of not being able to hug each other and um, touch each other and all of that stuff. So uh, all of that needs to be taken into account from a personality point of view, just to start with. And then what are people's fears around infection control? Everybody's going to have a different point point of view on that. That needs to be accounted for as well. Uh, motivations you know some people will want to be there because they want to earn their bonuses again or just want to be at work because they get fulfillment from it Um, and others may not be quite so motivated so as a manager you know what's your role in inspiring those people that aren't quite so motivated yeah understanding that lack of motivation so yeah I think without putting a framework on it which with a bit more time perhaps I could have uh, considered a framework but you know, three or four things there, personality style, motivation, fears. Um, that's at least three things to consider from a, an individual point of view that is going to be very different across the whole workforce. Yeah, I completely agree. So my, my answer generally was, um, I think it should massively be taken into consideration because as you say, not only are we made up completely of individual differences and and when we talk about individual differences in psychology, we're generally talking about everything that makes us unique. So whether that's, as you say, personality, whether it's situational, um, whether it's our life experiences, um, and our behavior and who we are changes on a second to second basis, according to, yes, our personality, which is fairly fixed throughout our life, we are who we are but also because of things like how much sleep did we get the night before mm-hmm. and what are we dealing with that's affecting that you know maybe maybe you've got a toddler and a 6 month old who are both keeping you up quite a lot during the night and you've just had to had no, had to deal with zero childcare for the last 3 months yeah um so i think certainly what i recommended to him was to do some sort of audit before his staff returned to work. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be, depending on the size of the company, whether that be him uh, on a one-to-one basis or whether he delegates some of that to his management team. 
Um, and I think it's really important just to ask questions around, first of all, if you can do some sort of personality audit. Now, I know you and I differ slightly in the, the tools that we use, so mm -hmm. you're experienced in disk profiling. Um, my experience is predominantly to do with Neo, although there are some other tools that I'm looking to use. And we've, in, in psychology, there's obviously an awful lot of research that goes into supporting these tools and which ones are valid and which ones are reliable and that kind of thing. Um, so personality, if you can do that, I recommended that you should do something like that. Um, also, perhaps a, a smaller kind of stress audit to find out what's caused the stress, if they've had any why is that occurring what's going on at home so a simple discussion about you know how are you what's been happening I, I would imagine and I would like to think that employers were keeping in touch on some level the communication was quite strong during this period of time um, so that they would have some sort of understanding as to what's been going on for their employees in the real world, that's not always going to be the case, is it? Um, certainly from an, a kind of well-being and understanding point of view, if a, an employer is particularly stressed themselves and you know really struggling to just keep the business afloat, I can imagine that it would be perhaps, depending on the individual, but perhaps lower down in the list of priorities to ensure that their employees are coping, and not just coping, but thriving during this time um, both in, a, in their personal life and in their work life. So perhaps they're just more concerned with, um, you know, let's just keep the business afloat rather than I'm phoning to see how you are. Um, so I think certainly some sort of audit before they come back is a really good idea because it allows employers to get, gauge where their employees are at. It allows them to understand who they are as individuals, but also how they've, how they've continued those relationships within the teams as well. Yeah. How are they working as the team together? So perhaps a team, a team discussion and a team audit too. And just not starting from, from scratch, but starting afresh. So this is a fresh chapter. It's a new start. This is, you know, this is where we've been, but this is where we're at now. So, so reassessing the culture as a whole. Yeah. And I think a lot of that starts with individuals. And then how does those, how do those individuals build up the teams? And then how do the teams build up the business? And how does that all work together to create the culture of who yeah. we are? And do we still have that same culture that we always had? Yeah. I would hope so. Well, and it may have changed. You know, I think many yeah. businesses will have changed after after this. Uh, in many ways, their strategies will have changed. Uh, their workforce may have changed because of, um, as you've said, you know, some businesses may be struggling and may need to um, downsize, make people redundant, whatever kind of terminology you want to use. Uh, so the the workforce may be different. And the culture may be different. You know, mm. Certainly a different culture around health and safety and infection control and all of that. And that's bound to have an impact on, uh, on the wider culture at some level. So, yeah, it could very well be different. I think the thing that stood out for me from what you said there, Carly, was asking questions. Um, you know, you, without overcomplicating that back to work and bringing people back in, 
um, what what is an audit at the end of the day? It's asking some questions, mm-hmm. and you do that through a, a paper documentation or online, or whether you do it by having a few key questions in a in a script. Sounds like a horrible way to do it, given the nature of the conversation we're talking about. But sometimes just knowing that you've got a few key questions that you want to ask, and as simple as "How are you?" which I think is one of the questions you you posed there. How are you feeling about coming back to work? Yeah. And what are the challenges going to be for you in coming back to work? Mm-hmm. Because as you've, as you've said, you know, childcare, maybe, maybe not every child is going back to school right now. Not all schools are capable of taking everybody back. So maybe childcare issues still there. Maybe relatives that are shielding, um, maybe health issues. So there's all sorts of things that can be taken mm. into account through asking that simple question, you know, how are you feeling about coming back? And what challenges have you got? You may not be able to do anything about them, but at least you've shown that you can, you care. Yeah, yeah, really important. And let's not forget, there's going to be an awful lot of families who have lost someone as well, who are dealing with the loss because of the virus. So for them, it's not just that they've had to juggle all of this extra stuff. So there's bound to be companies out there who are going to have to support those people if and when they come back to work. Right. Um, and that's that's a challenge in itself so yeah i think certainly at the very minimum ask the questions um and if if at all you think this is just something that i perhaps don't have the capacity to do right now but i i really value its importance there are professionals that you can ask to do these kind of audits. I know that that's something that we're looking to work on as well for companies. Um, and, you know, there's, I think ultimately, as long as the intention is there, yeah. the intention is good and the, you recognize the value in understanding, which, this gentleman who asked the question clearly does because otherwise he wouldn't have asked the question. Yeah, um, it's coming from a good place. Yeah. Any, any final uh, comments, I think, on um, you're putting in place support structures to help employees back to work under, under the circumstances. I think, uh, you know, just to finish off on that point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's just it. Just look at, Every business is going to be unique, and that's where I suppose a professional really does, uh, really is worth their weight in gold, because they can look at a business and say, right, okay, we we know that this is an issue. We we're coming at it from an outsider's perspective, and sometimes just a fresh pair of eyes really does help. But I think certainly businesses should be looking at um, auditing or at least asking questions, communicating to their staff to find out how they are, where they're at, who they are. Um, and how they've coped and then as you say putting in place certain support structures to accommodate those things so perhaps employees need more support with their well-being perhaps they need more support with their environment and the physical aspects of working or the um perhaps they need more kind of general support to be eased in on a slower basis or they need extra finances for childcare or as as that's allowed just i think common sense is is yeah. a value here as well and i think just human decency 
is the right thing to do because that alone shows that you've got a culture of caring yeah, for your staff, which is one thing that we're really passionate about, is, isn't it? So, very yeah. good. And I think the the point you made there of you, know, every business is different, and and having one size fits all solutions or templates, you know, mm. don't work. You know, you need need to develop for yourself the solutions or have you know as you've said an expert come in to the business that can look with a fresh pair of eyes and uh, create a tailored solution for you and your business mm-hmm. yeah really important. well before we cover every topic under the sun maybe we should call later today and uh, leave something for the next episode yes i definitely agree no more rabbit holes for today yeah. um but i've really enjoyed that me too yeah well I hope so I hope they found um, many things of value but at least one thing of value and if if you want to get in touch with us if you want to ask any questions for our Q&A if you want to be part of the podcast please get in touch and um, if you want to give us any feedback then please do we're really keen to see how we can improve the podcast or cover topics that you think would be of interest to you as well um, other than that I think we're good to go until next week. We'll see what it brings. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll uh, speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Culture Gym Podcast. Thanks for working out with us. Till next time, work happy. (laughs) 